0: Pop My Culture Pop My Culture Everyone Pop My Culture Pop My Culture Pop My Culture Everyone, Everyone. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast With your hosts Paul Stratton And Vanessa Ragland Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture podcast, I'm Cole Stratton And I'm Vanessa Ragland And this is episode 150
1: 150. (inaudible) 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 That's six quarters That's
0: right Uh, thank you guys for helping make this possible. We're so
1: excited! It's been going on a longer time than we feel like.
0: Yep, yep, and we're excited to celebrate 150. It's a decent achievement in the podcasting world. Yeah, I mean, I know no, that, it's Nerdist, the one that everyone works right. Let's I know, face I know it. that Nerdist is on like number 500 now, or something because they put out, uh, they just put out three podcasts while we were making this intro.
1: Yeah, they've, uh, <laughs> and they were all better than this. One. <laughs> yeah,
0: Chris, uh, Chris, and the co, uh, they ran up some amazing guests and they, and they put out some amazing volume of podcasts. What um, we're content to do our three a month or so. I love it. Yep. And
1: I do think this is a little bit of a, it's an, what is it? A sesquicentennial?
0: I guess it is. I don't know if that's right. I'm not (laughs) positive. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys. And one of the ways that you're able to help us is uh, by donating.
1: Yeah, and you can do that by going to our website. And it does cost a bit for hosting and website and just having all our stuff together. So if you ever wanted to contribute to the fund, that would be great. If you go to popmyculturepodcast.com, there's a little button that says donate.
0: Yep, every little bit is appreciated. And if you donate on the air, we will give you a shout-out. Yes. Yep That was kind of Yoda
1: sentence structure Mm.
0: (laughs) Donate you will (laughs) Shout out
1: On air On air We'll receive I don't exactly know I don't know either Uh,
0: But yeah we will give you A shout out on a future episode We will do uh, our Thank yous next episode Yes
1: And if you ever want to Just reach out to us And let us know Your thoughts on something Or guest suggestions Or anything You can email us at Info at
0: popmyculturepodcast dot com, yep, we'll uh, read our email or write back to him, uh, hopefully in decent time. <laughs> sometimes and not so much. I'm
1: catching up. the baby really threw me for a loop I can't That's use right. that s- s- the why am I so stupid? <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I couldn't think of the word excuse. You <laughs> see,
0: you can just say mommy brain.
1: <laughs> mommy brain. you hey, gross.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, outside of thank yous for people that donated, yeah. uh, just thanks to some people that helped us get this thing off the ground. Uh, thanks to Chris Hardwick yeah. and Katie Levine and everybody at Nerdist who uh, helped oh. us uh, welcome us into their network, which yeah. really helped. Uh, thanks to Joe Berkowitz, who uh, oh, wrote yeah. the Rolling Stone article that named us number two a couple of years ago, that really helped us establish our uh, and big thanks to all our guests who have come through. This so day.
1: many people and they've been so wonderful and a lot of like ongoing relationships with really great people. So yep. thank you all. Um, and to, did we already say to all our
0: listeners? No, you guys are awesome.
1: Yeah, because that's a really good one.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So uh, we got a very special guest for this episode. Very excited. And uh, there's a signed item that you what? can win from him. If you leave your answer to the first question on the comment episode here. Uh, on our website.
1: Uh, PopMyCulturePodcast.com. So, yep.
0: so leave your answer to the first question, and we'll pick somebody from there to win the item. Yay! Yep. All right, shall we? Yeah. All right, here we go. This is episode 150, and what better way to <laughs> celebrate <laughs> it than with a very special guest. Uh, is a very funny stand-up actor, writer. You know him from things like Ratatouille, big fan. of Shield, he's on Shield right now. Uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Patton Oswalt is here. Woo! Thanks, guys. What can't you do? What can what
2: can't I do? Uh, apparently, that's what I, this
1: podcast is all about.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, I can't get my daughter to school on time because this morning we all, me, the daughter, and wife, just blissfully slept in until when I woke up it was nine thirteen. What time and is that, school start? Well, I usually drop her off around eight thirty, okay. so we're, we are getting okay. up and getting started at nine thirteen. <laughs> Whoa! And it was just that I don't know what went on because well, last night she's. <clears throat> she has this little cough uh, that <laughs> she got from being ill, <clears throat> so she wanted to sleep with us, so okay, fine, and then that was just all night of her I was, I'm being kicked in the face, oh I'm my God, rib you know, <laughs> getting a guy get some water it's three twenty why are you waking me so it's it was last night was just interrupted rem sleep, yeah, so when we all finally fell in deep. I think all of our sleep
0: cycles went, yeah, you're not getting up. I'm done with you. I need to get some sleep in here. So, And right now, with the crazy heat that LA is having, it's hard enough to fall asleep, period, anyways. And unless- if you're asleep,
1: you might stay there, because you're. I guess you're fainted at that point. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. like- <laughs> I went out. Where was I yesterday? I went out somewhere. I had to run an errand, and it was quarter to one, and the streets were deserted. It reminded me of When I used to go visit Phoenix, if you ever go to that city in the summertime, the whole city, uh, consciously and subconsciously, from like 11.30 till about 3.30, the streets are deserted because everyone just stays inside. There's no point in being out. And it was really... It was a, we- a weirdly deserted-looking
0: city. So, so the, so the Miracle Mile was like the movie Miracle Mile. It, yes. <laughs> oh wow. That's, oh my god. It's been a Here's while. A since reference. I thought of that one. Yeah.
2: Every time I pass Johnny's on Wilshire, I just go, "Oh, is that is that transvestite still sitting at the counter?" <laughs> Remember that last little gesture? They go, "Are you going to come?" He just goes, yeah, "Right." Which that, by the way, I can't believe that scene hasn't didn't inspire so many post-punk. New wave songs of the image of that of the transvestite just sitting at that counter waiting for the for Armageddon. Right. It's such a gorgeous image in the middle of this movie, and that actor amazing. Like that could be the beginning of another film. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Well, Total, It's not too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Or a great like one act play. Right? Yeah, it seems him like just a sitting play. there inviting people in as they, people <laughs> come in. He's like, "Why are you guys running? We're not going to escape that. Like,
1: there's no way the, to outrun." He's this. almost like
2: he's a precursor to. Uh, Kirsten Dunst's character in Melancholia. The the character that's so, he's so dark and depressed that he's the one guy actually ready for the end of the world. He's the one guy not panicking
0: (laughs) you kind of want to be with when it's all going down. Yeah, all I was missing is a bunch of scenes of him naked by the river. (laughs) You pretty much have it. In in the moonlight. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that movie was so hard for me to watch. Like, Mm. uh, it was kind of nails on a chalkboard for me. I know a lot of people love it, but... I was just like, okay, so she, before, like the first half of the wedding stuff, she's just being insufferable and terrible. And it's just everybody, it's just complete and total dysfunction. And then yeah. the second half is like, oh, and now we're all going to die from a meteor. So, but now it's going to get artsy fartsy and weird and ugh, yeah. melancholia. Oh, Speaking of... Speaking of... We are at the start of summer movie season, which can give yeah. you a bit of melancholy <laughs> uh, Well, the time you're done with it. Because uh, there's always some really good tentpole movies. There's always some really bad tentpole movies. Um, there's a couple indies that sneak in that somehow make it a little more palatable. Um, but we're just at the beginning of it now. This week's uh, uh, Godzilla is hitting theaters Yeah, Um, From what I understand, uh, he makes his appearance an hour and three minutes in. (laughs) That's what I've I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although, again, I'm saying this without having
2: seen the movie. I'm going to try to actually go see it after this. Um, I don't know if I can get down because I've got to pick up my daughter at 2.30, so I don't know if I can do this. I might be able to pull it off. (laughs) But one of my favorite movies of all time is Jaws, and that shark doesn't pop up until... Almost three fourths of that movie yeah, are over. That's true, and um, it, I think I'm a big fan of the ominous presence of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little movie I don't know if you guys saw it called The Descent mm. um, about yeah. the, the spelunkers. That, yeah, right. it,
1: it's so scary.
2: It's well, what's weird is, and and it shares something with Jaws in that the the first two acts are so frightening because they they clearly didn't have the budget to have rampage yeah. nonstop monsters. They had to save that, so they have all the creepy. Ominous, um, that weird chart on yeah. the wall. The, 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 they found the pitons from 1902.
1: To me, that they, was so much <clears> scarier that, than when you see those creatures. Exactly.
2: When the creatures show up, and also the scene in the little collapsing tunnel was, uh, I was crawling boom. out of my skin when she's... And then when they, when they first see the little... Um, when they first see the monsters, it's a little kid sitting yeah. way far away, just sitting on a rock. And that is unnerving. That's chilling. Because it's just sitting yeah. there looking at them and... Then when the mantra show up, and again a brilliant scene where they have the mantra show up with the with the night vision. Yeah. But the 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 audience I was with, I saw it in Chicago, screamed bloody murder, and that scream then turned into a laugh of relief. Like, uh-huh. I mean, at least right. now we get to see it. Yeah. And I think if you see Jaws in a theater with people that are seeing it for the first time which I guess that's hard to find <laughs> now when oh, that shark pops up I almost think that's the same scream because up until that point mm. you've seen shapes and shadows and your your base DNA is going crazy the fear right. of the You're so terrifying over yeah. yeah so when that thing pops up someone that, I read a monograph about the movie where they call it an Al Jolson entrance <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> that you do scream but then you go okay now I know it's dimensions <gasps> I've seen it. Yeah. You know, there was, right. a, there was a really interesting... I don't know the actual study. I, wish, I, I hate going, there was an interesting thing, and then I can't point to what <laughs> uh, it was. From
1: NPR. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> but when the movie was going to come out... Well, it gets referenced in a short story called In Fear of K by Harlan Ellison. But, so he must have read this study somewhere. When they were testing the movie... The studio and, – and this makes a lot of sense when you think about it for a second. They said this movie, Jaws, will do great in the coastal cities. East Coast, West Coast, we're going to make a bundle because all the test audiences are freaking out. The Midwest, where we actually make our money though, it's going to eat it. They don't know about the ocean or shark. They don't care. We're, we're going <laughs> to have a hard time. The movie comes out. It's a blockbuster. Everyone – people in Kansas are just going cool yeah. to see it eight times in a row. And someone someone else said – Someone, I, I hate talking like this, but <laughs> this is all in this, in this study, um, that the shark is one of the few creatures that never evolved. That's exactly what it looked like when it first appeared. It's always looked like that. It just got a little smaller and more efficient. It used to be 100 feet. The great white shark would Ugh. be 100 feet long. So one right. of the reasons we crawled out of – one of the many reasons we crawled out of the ocean <laughs> was to get away from those teeth. Right. And that's a, almost a DNA memory oh that we gosh. have. Oh, my gosh. No matter where you live on the planet – you understand the shark. Yeah, you just understand it, and that's why it's such a primal fear.
0: Right. It's and, crazy how much it f- fucked the beaches, too. Like, no mm-hmm. one went for, like, a couple summers. Oh, like, really? I didn't no, know yeah. that. It hurt people for a while. People, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those towns that, like, were their living on the beach tourists really took yeah. a hit because people were scared <laughs> to death of it. So if,
2: again, I'm, I'm speaking about a movie I haven't seen. If Godzilla takes the idea of, especially now, it couldn't be more timely. We were talking about this before we started. Of nature in Riot against us, where mm-hmm. we're now seeing the enormity of the planet where, with things going wrong. So yeah. if they use Godzilla as that representation of why are suddenly the waters rising, why are suddenly the waters shrinking, why are suddenly things on fire that shouldn't be on fire. And it's so massive and we're – but they keep it from the angle of us looking up at the massiveness. yeah then they can tease that out as long as they that's want. That's great. Yeah, and I'm also sure they give him an amazing entrance. And if they used Jaws as a template, what the fuck's wrong with that? That's, yeah. just, that's yeah. a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, Jaws. If you want to see where he got Jaws from, we uh, I just rewatched Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's Jaws. That movie is Jaws. They tease out that monster. You know, they give him a huge entrance. At one point, a guy goes down in a cage mm-hmm. to try to deal with him. They have the same guy. They have the the, um, the old hunter that knows what he's dealing with. <laughs> they have the scientist that just wants to study it. <laughs> and they have just the kind of innocence that are on,
0: on board. It's, it's amazing. That's a good template, yeah. yeah it's a good template they also have, it. like, if I recall, there's like a scene of a woman swimming and he's reaching up at her legs, which is similar to the beginning uh, of Jaws. It exactly. Although, weirdly enough, that scene, which is supposed to be scary, when you
2: watch it now, it's kind of beautiful and it's also poignant because he's mirroring what she's doing and just and he doesn't he's not trying to attack her he just wants to touch her and look this this thing is beautiful what is this right Aww. and it's something yeah my my wife who doesn't care about macho movies that's one of her favorite movies because she's like there I feel for that creature he's sad and you know Long she goes, she, goes and she also said I wonder how many um Goth and punkers that movie has created were that couldn't be more symbolic of yeah. the ugly subterranean <laughs> creature reaching just up reaching for the beautiful, the beautiful high school cheerleader <gasps> up on the surface in the sun, and he can't quite re- like and it's when just they a, see
1: it's a monster.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like that's the template for every Smith song.
1: Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Basically, is that scene? That he's <laughs> like, yeah,
2: he look down and this is
0: horrible. Gilman. <laughs>
2: going, oh god, get away from me! You know, well,
0: the he's p- beautiful underwater, and he's awkward on land, right? He, the the director of Godzilla is this, Gareth I think Edwards is his last name. He, he's only directed one other movie, which is Monsters, bunch of monsters which was great. Awesome. It's super great. Wait, what
1: movie was it? It's called it's, Monsters. Oh, I
0: it's amazing, and it's one of those
2: movies where he had it. it, it, it Here's where Gareth might be another Spielberg in that he
0: made a movie. He had no money. He had no resources. He was okay, how am I going to use this to my advantage? And he really did. He really did. Because the, the monsters in that movie, too, you don't really see until the very yeah. end. And they're in, it's an interesting monster design, too. When but. is
1: this movie from? Is it American? It's,
0: or? Yeah, it's American. I not know if it was in theaters. I watched it on, Demand I, I watched it on iTunes
2: one day. Yeah. I, was, I was looking at stuff, uh, at new releases, and they just said, hey – this thing and just said monsters but it was in the indie section so and then the image on the post was
0: like why is this so i watched it and i was like this guy's amazing it's Mm. really cool it's scoot mcnary's like the lead in it who's he's blown up now but at the time no yeah he was and then uh it's basically it's like this dude and his girlfriend like on the run in like south america i want to say well it's also in a world where there has either been uh, uh, god i saw this years ago there's either
2: been an, an alien invasion or some kind of biological warping right. where now there's just monsters and these huge dangerous monsters so parts of the world are cordoned off oh. and they have to walk through one of the cordoned off areas to get somewhere but it's a very again yes there are threats for monsters but it's a very very human story you totally understand this couple's plight and they pick two great actors and the dialogue's terrific yep. so you're again just like in jaws i i understand chief brody i understand quint mm. and i get hooper and i get why they're
0: all like even before the shark shows up i care about these guys yeah. right you know yeah it's it's really a cool movie people should check it out it's it's out there it's on netflix at least it was that's where i watched oh, it there cool. it's it's yeah. it's interesting especially what he did for no cash nothing, i mean nothing <laughs> And it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, hopefully Godzilla will be good. I'm interested in it. What um, else are you excited about this one? Uh, I, I mean, I'm a big X-Men fan I used to read the comics when I was a kid, so Days of Future Past I'm interested in. Well, that was also – like that was
2: – those. that's the Glengarry leads of X-Men stories. That's kind of the <laughs> one that everyone's been waiting for them to do anyway. Yeah. So, okay, we've got – we did all the broody-ass origin <laughs> stuff. And, and you know some of those were really good. The first two were great. Yeah. Second one especially. Yeah. And we did the Wolverine stuff, and we did the. Oh, actually, I liked X Men: First Class a lot. I liked like. Yeah, that First Class lot. is great. It's a good throwback. Um, I remember, it, it was so. It was. Oh, this is so painful to talk about this. Place. <laughs> <laughs> At the time when they were working on the Green Lantern movie, this is years ago. Um, and I'm gonna. I have to drop a name for this story, but it's 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 in the service of like. Oh come on, um, they were going after John Hamm to play. Hal Jordan. So, John and I were friends. So, he says, Let's go to lunch. I don't know anything about these comic books and we'll talk. And at the time, they were going to do the Green Lantern movie and use the template of the movie The Right Stuff. It was going to be set back during Hmm. the the New Frontier era, and Hal Jordan was going to basically be um, Chuck Yeager. And that's why and they were gonna tell it that way. Why
1: didn't that happen?
2: Because they went, Oh, it's gotta mm. be, you know, it's you know, it's gotta be this guy. Yeah. Right. And uh so they uh, I just pointed to Kyle Rayner on uh your mug, which yeah. by the way, you so you have a mug with all of the worst iterations of these heroes, basically. <laughs> Did you is this like a punishment mug? What is this?
1: I was given it in ninth grade.
2: Oh, you've got the you've got the Superman with the um Uh, With Corey Feldman's hair (laughs) You have Kyle Rayner You have Wonder Woman with a weird Humid day frizz Yeah, she's got
1: a lot going
2: on up top Mutilated Aquaman with the hook hand (laughs) And And then they just use standard batman and flash although they, flash could just clip could, art for those guys flash looks so roided out there's no way he can run like he is, <laughs> yeah, he's super thick are really, my legs are really short guys <laughs> <laughs> and then they went the other way so he pulled out and then and then what was so ironic was that was the summer i think or maybe two summers apart where they put out contemporary green lantern and everyone went Meh, and then they put out X-Men first class and Captain America both set back in the in the 60s and 40s mm-hmm. respectively and those did great. So, you know, if you thinking that people have to see people their own age living in their own time it's unless you have so an amazing dumb. story that's, that's a terrible default to always yeah, go to yeah.
1: well it's the same thing as the shark everybody gets it like we're all
2: people so yeah. we understand stories yeah I, I, can, I can look at someone in a different era and go oh I, I, I go through that same shit that, now yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I get that wait where's yeah. the computer <laughs> yeah.
0: why isn't he texting I'm out of here I get my this money a back a
1: stupid movie I don't feel anything <laughs>
0: And if you do make it contemporary, it's going to date itself in a way that, like, the swing dance movement in the 90s did. Yes! You're going to go back and you're going to look at it and you're like, why is Spider-Man taking yeah. a selfie? Why, yeah. why do we care about that? Why should yeah. that have ever been a thing? Yeah. Like- Darkseid's trying to take control of us through MySpace.
1: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> yeah, so th- there's that kind of, like, so, you know, it would be good if they... But, again, here's the good thing. Um, now everyone has just sort of... Um, uh, accepted, at least nerd, the nerd mafia has accepted the idea of the do-over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, we fucked it up, we're going to do it again until we yep. get it. And and we're happy, look, I want those stories
0: told right, so if they're going to try to do it again and make it work, go right they're ahead. They're going to
1: keep showing up. Go yeah. right
0: ahead. Yeah, they'll I'll, just, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll show up. I'll just keep rebooting. What's amazing to me now is that Marvel movies like make the most like they're huge, like all yeah. of them. And I used to joke with my friend like 10 years ago, I was like, yeah, I'll wait until they make the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And they, Oh, they, it's happening. They did. Yeah. And it looks like they did it really well. It looks like yeah. they did it, it really It looks good. like they got it. Like,
2: yeah, if, if there was a world full of superheroes and super beings, just like we live in a world where it's, it's celebrity culture. And for the most part, you know, celebrities are celebrities because they do kind of amazing things or they're talented or they're interesting. And then there's a section got some of celebrities the where you're like, how the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> or, or why does this guy get to be famous? So there has to be. Superheroes are like, why does that asshole yeah. <laughs> have someone douchebag got powers? Like, yeah. like in, right now we still have the – we haven't gotten there yet. It would be good if they could do a really cool booster gold thing. They kind of did a little bit with Smallville where either per, a person who gets powers is totally good and struggling to be good or they become evil. But what if there was someone – who got powers and wants to be good but just sucks at it and is kind of an asshole but they don't mean any harm. So put that into the mix. That would be really interesting. That was why one of my favorite comic book characters um, back in the day was Guy Gardner only because someone thought of the idea of, well, to have a Green Lantern ring, the two things you have to be completely fearless and completely honest. Well, that... Those two traits don't necessarily do not a, a hero person. make. Yes, you can be. I know a lot of people who are afraid of nothing and are totally honest. That are complete assholes Yes, I know a lot of people who deserve a Green Lantern ring that should not have. One. <laughs> you know, so that, that was that idea. Okay, well, let's explore. What is it? You know, that's a flaw in the ring. Yeah. If you didn't maybe go flaw in the and they have a conscience. <laughs> oh, we didn't throw that in there. So let's see and what they happens are with that. Basically,
1: good. Whoops. Yeah.
2: Whoops. <laughs> so I mean, it would be interesting to, to if they redo a Green
0: Lantern thing have people like that in it. I just wonder if they will because that first one bombed so hard... And was so trashed that, like, I just wonder People if... People might
1: be afraid of the stink on no. it.
0: Well, because, like, yeah. if, as popular as Green Lantern Inn is, 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 it's also not Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Like, it's the next level down as far as Joe Schmo going to, the, the, you know, paying an admission. So, I don't know. I, I'm assuming at some point they'll get brave with it again. I just don't know when that's going to well, be.
2: Well, what they might do is they'll use the Justice League movie as the jumping off. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, that makes sense. sense. And if they, but, if, again, make... See, the other thing that also drives me crazy about a lot of these comic book movies is... One of them comes out and it's super successful, like like the, the Dark Knight and you know Batman Begins, because what they did was they went back and looked at the source material. Well, this is Batman is noir and crime and you know darkness. So then everyone else says, "Oh, okay, we got to be noir and crime yeah. and darkness." It's like no, the origins of Superman is he is it's sunny and mm-hmm. he's positive. And he's bright. He's not a brooding guy, right. which is what drives his villains crazy. His villains are all these brooding, power-hungry assholes. And what drives them nuts about Superman is he is optimistic and positive, and and won't kill people. Yeah. And Batman is brooding and angry, and also won't kill people. So all of his villains are very colorful and cynical mm-hmm. and bright, and 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 they're driven crazy by this guy that they cannot crack. Yeah. So if they do a Superman movie make it the the whole final battle of that um super what was the one that man of steel yeah steel yeah he should have been i'm going to defeat you zod and no one's going to die when i do it mm-hmm. and i'm going to defeat you without killing you and no buildings are going to get wrecked like i'm going to not use your methods and yeah totally you know i'm going to humiliate you twice because i'm right. not going to because i'm never going to gonna level, stoop, and still, yeah. exactly and that would have gone no there's
0: our hero but and it's instead dead, fuck, you got like, oh, 20 minutes superman. of punch 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 broken building punch punch it's, punch broken building in that one superman is a bigger threat than zod mm-hmm.
2: at, at that point if 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 you're going to destroy that many buildings <laughs> by doing like just let zod have his fucking energy you know like, he's not you're at this point you're a bigger threat you know so that's that really drove me crazy did you see amazing spider-man 2 i did um i you know again uh Uh, it's one of those things where I think they... I'm very torn because I think they got a really great act of that. I really like Andrew Garfield Mm
0: -hmm. as
2: Peter Parker. I like what he's trying to do with that. But again, they're doing too much. And and maybe they'll... they'll, uh, There was a couple moments... Okay, Spider-Man also has to be in the sunlight. He is a... Again, he has decided to opt for optimism and being positive and being helpful and they had too much brooding stuff Mm. at night you know Yeah. Um, and it's that thing they just did it really interesting in the comics where um, Dr. Octopus is going to take over his body and goes I just want your power and then Peter Burnett goes okay well let me show you what my power costs me and I still like I had every excuse to become a douchebag like you and I didn't Mm. and it actually shames him and he goes oh that's actually what a hero like it's that interesting so it would be they're clearly setting up the Sinister Six for the third one right yeah Um, have it all take place in the sunlight
1: Mm. no
2: night no rain you know that's for that's Batman's territory that's Wolverine's territory that's Daredevil's territory right you know have Spider-Man be this totally upbeat you know he actually embraces how great New York is and how and, and you know do something like that primary bright colors Bat-
0: I mean, that was Superman, the old- and,
2: Superman and, and Spider Man are red and blue, primary colors. Yeah, you know,
0: uh, Batman is black and gray and that stuff. Fine, let him have that. Even the old like Spider Man TV show was like, <laughs> it was like a guy running around in underoos. It was yeah. super bright yeah, and yeah. like always daytime, and you know, yeah. I mean, I and think the- he was, you know, the, he was cracking jokes. There was a great thing. There was
2: a series that they did untold tales of Spider-Man that I don't know they they ended for some reason it was so brilliant Um, and it was the it it was these issues between the original issues of Spider-Man these stories that connected them that they did contemporary and he's fighting some asshole like called like the black knight or something some supervillain and he's making the shittiest jokes to this guy, and this guy is so pissed off. And then later on, Spider-Man makes a quip about and goes, "Yeah, I do that because look how angry it makes him. Mean, they can't think, and then I win." No. He's like, doing like a Muhammad Ali thing. He's right? like, <laughs> right. such. Not only am I going to defeat you, I'm going to defeat you doing the dumbest puns yeah. and the dumbest guy. because you guys are so self-important, <laughs> and I'm just going to be a goofball. It's going to drive you nuts. I just
0: love that, you know. Yeah, that's where you're at. Yeah, I, mean, I think this one definitely suffered from the whole, like, how many more villains can we get in this thing? Like, you had Paul Giamatti bookending it. And by the way, the exact same ending as The Incredibles. Yeah. The exact same oh, ending. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. But at least
2: the Giamatti stuff, again, happened during the daylight. Yeah. And happened during, you know, with him trying to go, okay, well, this is what I do. And I'm going to, and this guy is self-righteous and angry. I'm going to, like, that part I liked. But, yes, definitely, like, they should have worked him in. A little, you know, either just dis- and also, why does Electro have to be again a broody, sad outsider? A, I don't care what you do to Jamie Foxx, I cannot buy him as a broody nerd. He's clearly this fun, yeah, alpha guy. I don't care how you put him in glasses and give him a shitty haircut, he's still Jamie Foxx. Yeah, right? that, that doesn't work. Um, and in the comics, what which, which would have been interesting is Electro has powers equivalent to Spider Man and uses them for pay. And so have Spider-Man deal with that. Like a guy that's willing to just go, hey, pay me money, I'll do whatever the I'm hell you hired. want. Like, well, fuck you. <laughs> you. Have that, you know, so – but again, there was still – there was enough about it that I liked that I'm holding out hope for what they're going to do overall with the – you know, because by the way, all these series that we talk about liking, they all have a couple of duds in them. Yeah, they always do. You know, that's the idea that they're – but they just you keep – Trying to get it right, you know. By the way, um, every every great comic book has a couple issues where you are like, oh, missing like, wow, heck, really? <laughs> you know, even even Alan Moore and
0: Frank Miller had a couple of oh, guys, really? <laughs> I did find it kind of interesting that the whole city was powered by eels, though. I didn't know that. So, <laughs> there is that for Hey,
2: man, yet. you know we've got to look for different sources of green energy, man. the, <laughs> eel, the, the average eel uh, can generate. Oh, sorry, the <laughs> missing episode of Portland. India, <laughs> they powered
0: all by heels. there's a spin-off movie where guys are out just trying you know. to catch eels, You know,
2: what are you excited about this summer? Anything making you go, "Oh, I can't wait"? I'm
1: not. I've kind of been out of the movie loop. I am excited about Twenty Two Jump Street, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about Maleficent. Actually, I don't know if it's going to be super shitty or not, but just the previews give me that nostalgic feel of like. Oh, it's so Disney, you know? Yes, so? yeah, um, and that's exciting. She and, looks
2: good. I she think looks Angelina amazing. She looks incredible. I, like
1: ugh. evil and beauty personified. Yowza!
2: Yeah, my my daughter loves the movie Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Lo- and loves Maleficent, and you know, and that. By the way, the original Sleeping Beauty. There's a couple of you could freeze frame a couple of moments that are so scary and oh my creepy, gosh, I like was some of the effects. Of that yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some stuff where Maleficent is doing her spells that are just like wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Um and I've shown she's watched a cuz I had to go see Frozen 5 times in the theater wow. and they would show the Maleficent trailer <laughs> and my daughter had that the classic I want to see this but cover my eyes oh. you know because <laughs> it's scary and yeah. so I probably won't take her to go see that unless I see it first yeah you know now I understand the oh you better check it out cuz also there's some TV show I've never seen it But someone alerted me because, again, my daughter's obsessed with Frozen. It's called uh, Once Upon a Time on ABC. Oh, yes, yes. And at the end of the season finale this past week... Um, the the end teaser is Elsa from Frozen shows up in the real world.
1: Right, right, right And well. goes
2: walking off. So I showed my daughter that scene, uh-huh. and she goes, "I want to watch the show." And I go, "Here's what's going to happen. In a few months, I will watch each episode, and then I'll decide." I'll show whether you the you, three
1: minutes that she's are five, and I don't. Again,
2: she's going to have her whole life to be terrified and messed yes, up by right. things. So, because that's one thing too is I remember. I remember being angry at my parents for not letting me watch certain things, but then I can also remember further back to when I was really young to being really terrified by certain things that that they did not mean to terrify me with, that they didn't oh, know yeah. any better. Totally. So so you know you have to get into a kid's mode of thinking and make them understand, you know walk them into things. And-
1: well, and it's better for your kid years later to be like, I wish they'd let me see that sooner than to be like, Ugh, I can't go in that room exactly ever. Exactly, yeah. You know?
0: Why did you let me see yeah. that so early? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. exactly yeah, yeah, there's things that like, they have no idea. Like, I'm, a, I'm a kid of HBO. I watch so much stuff on there. I remember being terrified by Dreamscape. Oh, the boy. Snake Man and that, yep. and that kind of stuff. But I look back at it now, like the Snake Man looks really stupid now when you look yep. at it. But when you're a kid, it's like nightmare percentile. Wait. It's-
1: can you I feel like these two brains can't do it no one can I saw some movie when I was a kid and I don't know what it is I've tried to Google it it was so terrifying
2: Kramer versus Kramer
1: yes yeah when he's oh when they're yelling in court why do they have to
2: yell I mean it looks cheesy now but then you're like oh my god
1: as a child
2: did you watch that okay let's describe here this is a good thing describe the movie there you go
1: and I maybe I made it up but I don't think so it's like kids that meet each other at the beach and they kind of like love each other and then he realizes she's a ghost there's when he comes back there's footprints only going into the ocean
0: how, how old are the how old are the kids sounds I like f- a commercial for jesus feel like but, they <laughs> were
1: about <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> another jesus pass. um
1: i think they were like 11 ish
2: and this was a, a feature film or maybe a tv movie i
1: feel like it was a tv movie maybe because i definitely watched it on tv okay well and i don't think they fully knew that i was watching it
2: <sighs> there were a lot of hang on there were a lot of scary 70s TV movies um, uh, like uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. and Bad Ronald and The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane and Trilogy of Terror that were, were ch- really messed people up. And I think this Changeling. might be one of them. Well, Changeling was a feature film. Did it actually go feature? Uh, it was okay. a feature film. Um, this, yeah, this sounds like a T. Hmm, wow. If anyone is listening. Yeah,
1: please write let and her tell know. me,
2: Because I had it's a. Um, so uh, Padgett Brewster, uh, actress Paget Brewster, yes. emailed a bunch of us, me and my friends. She's like, help me, nerds.
1: <laughs> um, there
2: was some movie that she uh, wanted to. She remembers seeing as a little kid. It's a. with a, a motorcycle gang with skulls on their helmets. And it was something to do with, like, raising the dead or something. But there was a motorcycle gang in it. And then I sadly realized like oh that's a british film called psychomania and it starred that was, was just in your head well i had, i had seen it and the reason that i had seen it was because it um was the last film of a um he he's an actor who shares the same name as this amazing writer who wrote uh, uh george sanders British actor named George Sanders who after he made this movie he was in uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray like back in the 40s really high wonderful uh british actor who then kind of fell on hard times in the 60s and did this movie psychomania and afterwards committed suicide ugh. and left his suicide note just said i'm bored
1: oh, whoa wow. yeah
2: and he uh, killed himself so <laughs> oh my ooh. god so Yikes. that's the I that is do... a dark note yeah, so that's I...
1: worse than like my mother my children <laughs> yeah, just, well i'm bored
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so ugh. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. What else? I mean, I, it, it's weird too that I'm. Um, yeah, I, Guardians of the Galaxy looks really good. I'm also yes. wondering what the other th- the one th- fun thing about uh, movies in the summer is. What is going to be the August surprise? What's the movie that the studios couldn't understand or didn't quite get? that they just dump in August that becomes the crazy thing.
0: surprise hit? You know, There's a couple things I know that are opening in August. Um, uh, Sin City, a dame to kill four, mm-hmm. um, expendables three, mm-hmm. with your buddy Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. You, you acted here mm-hmm. at some point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wesley. Um, <laughs> well, he was the star of an August surprise movie, Blade. The first Blade, yeah, they dumped that in the theaters in August, and it made it made buku bucks because it was actually a great. The first Blade is so fucking good. The first Blade movie is so well done. What are done. the
1: subsequent ones?
2: That Blade, Blade two, two is also great, and then Blade Trinity. Oh, like one
1: the best.
2: Yeah, well, because that's the one I was
0: paid to be in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's my favorite one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you and Ryan Reynolds did some good work in there. I just yeah, with Wesley, it's like, I miss Willie Mays Hayes. Where did he
2: Where'd he go? No, he was such an amazing actor.
0: He really he was, was He was truly like Wow this
2: guy's gonna win So what does Oscars? happen I, What are he, the theories I think he just went Kind of crazy Yeah A lot of guys They get Look When you, when you first I think Bill Murray said when, when your friends Become famous For the first year They turn into crazy assholes mm. And you have to back off them And see Sometimes they They pull out of The crazy asshole bubble yeah. And sometimes they see it And you gotta give them A year to see Are they gonna stay Or come go. out Right And I think he just Kind of stayed in mm. You know Well,
1: it's like, it's such a business that attracts like that kind of personality that has a real dark pull in it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and the ego is really insane, so... I think it does happen to so many people because it's like it's feeding to the things that kind of drove them to the work in the first place. Right,
2: and it's a business that unfortunately a lot of times really rewards. Yes. It rewards unapologetic sociopathy. Yeah. If you can maintain, in a weird way, if you are a kind of a sociopathic asshole and you begin to grow and realize, a lot of those people end up getting steamrolled even yeah. harder than people that just remain complete assholes. Yeah. So that's another really fucked up thing you have to realize. Although I would, I would... Always opt for growth and happiness over a, a living in a weird success bubble. Because well, then you just start to ring, rot. Hmm? You deserve the ring. I deserve
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's to, That should be one Get of the me, questions on that. Can there. I have my green
2: latchered <laughs> ring, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, y- there's that kind of, yeah, what will be the, what else is coming out in August? None uh, of those, by the way, I'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's going to be it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll see all three of those. I don't think any of those are going to be the big August surprise. Uh, I think though. Lucy comes out, which is that that could be that the one. to you seen a, that trailer? Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty. What, what is it? Okay, let me tell you. This is a great premise for a movie. That's yeah, really cool. Scarlett Johansson plays a drug mule, and she is someone that is um, hired to you know smuggle drugs. But I think she's one of the kind of people that she'll swallow a bag of drugs. Oh, okay. And so she is paid some crazy amount of money, like to take this balloon of drugs and swallow it. And as she's traveling, the balloon breaks open, <gasps> but she begins to get super Like, clearly, the drug she was Whoa. transporting was not narcotics. It was some kind of experimental thing, and she begins to get these crazy superpowers, and then people are trying to get her. To that get, is so, so
1: fun. Yeah, that's
2: a pretty cool oh idea gosh, for a film. Awesome. It looks pretty yeah, badass. Does,
1: does it look, like, campy? or?
2: Well, it's, it's Luc Bresson, so yeah. it, okay. there's going to be
0: some campiness yeah. to yeah. it, but still... It's yeah. Luke Person, man. I miss I miss it's a step in the right direction cuz I miss him just like directing and making movies as opposed yeah. to like producing all these like crazy parkour oh. movies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough. All he's been doing for yeah. the no last, more like, yeah, ten no
2: years. more french guys running.
0: Yeah. I get it. <laughs> that's fine. Just I like
2: french guys sitting and having a cappuccino and rolling their eyes at the world. Right. That's that's, that's, that's their french superpower. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, I just want to become immortal and then die. <laughs> I'm bored." I'm bored. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, um this yeah. could be the one. I think it looks pretty badass. And uh, stuff he basana's has produced. I mean, he does all those you know taken movies and shit. They, yeah. they do really well. Oh, good. So, so we'll see the trailer. The,
2: uh, I, and I this is the this is the famous last words. The trailer looks great. <laughs> the trail looks great. The, which, looks by the way, difference. I was talking to this um, friend of mine. We we're talking about like our, our favorite. Well, not our favorite. Um, amazing trailers that were that were representing the fucking worst movies i oh, have ever seen. Where, and um, I think my top one still is um, Spike Lee's uh, Summer of Sam was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. The really? trailer itself is almost a perfect short film. And it is a movie that you then don't get to see because that's not the movie that he made. Hmm. But go right. watch that trailer and go this looks like the fucking greatest amalgamation of Coppola, Scorsese, Spielberg, Fincher. Like, I want to see this movie a million times. And you go see the movie and, oh, God like, damn gotta it. i got to find
1: out who made that trailer and get it's him to make a movie. The trailer is
2: fucking
0: fantastic. It's, it's tough when they make a trailer, too, that really doesn't represent the movie. Like Saving Mr. Banks, for example. Oh, that's what I was you just think thinking, it's thinking gonna of. It's going to be yep. all about Mary <clears throat> Poppins, which is like, oh, like maybe a third of the movie. Or and, Marley yeah. and Me. The oh, ultimate face right. Yeah, so that it. was a little
1: It looks like it's yeah. going to be a romantic romp Nope It's not, my friend
0: Better buckle down, oh. people
1: Say like, bye-bye
0: to puppies
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad feeling yeah. oh. It's
0: fun to like go back and look at trailers from stuff from the 80s or so oh, yeah. because it was a very different style of trailer and you know, it was really kind of before they started doing In a World and all yeah. that right so there's a lot of like meet days.
2: Yeah.
0: he's a single man. guy he yeah. knows how to beat women and the first part right. is
1: always like them in their kitchen just like, right. like so we understand oh they're normal yeah I get it
2: Donna wasn't <laughs> looking for trouble yeah. but right. trouble found her <laughs> trouble's a dog <laughs> and now her love life is going to the dog <laughs> feel good <laughs> <laughs> you know, that has now been replaced my go to song for every uh, crazy trailer is like, Wait, you mean I'm the mayor
0: cut to American Idiot by Green Day uh. <laughs> <laughs> or the the clocks riff from uh, Coldplay the uh-huh. well, that's that for lot, the too. yeah th-
2: that's for the woman or man rediscovering their lost mojo and the whole right. you know I don't know how to run a vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> you have to feel the grapes. <laughs> Ooh, who is this guy, you know?
0: Sometimes the greatest gifts are right in front of you.
2: <laughs> so my like my think... wife used to have to write a copy for trailers. That was one of her first jobs and so she had to work on a trailer uh, for this Elizabeth Shue film called Molly, which is basically a uh, it was a re- it was a modern remake of Flowers for Algernon where she mm. she plays a retarded Woman who then starts to become smart, and um, so then as they're working on the trailer, working on the copy, the the notes came back from the studio going, "We don't want, we don't want to press the fact that she's retarded. We don't want that to be in the trailer." And they're like, "But it's about a woman who's (laughs) well, that's a weird movie to show up at." Film, and they go, "Well, just don't." Just don't mention, like, make her. She's quirky, she's funny, like, but it's about, oh, it's no. actually, it's kind of a serious movie about her struggling with, right. you know, and then they, um, so then the line, and of course the line they went, it was one where she and the other writers were just literally, it's two in the morning, they're just tossing out. They're so, and she she said, sometimes life is better viewed upside down, and that's what oh they went my with. Gosh. And she just said that as a placeholder, and they ran with that. She's like, "You are this is so offensive, this is on good. so
1: many this levels. Could not be more
0: offensive <laughs> what you assholes it be are like doing." Doing a trailer that's like Lenny and George were the best of friends.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: they didn't throw
0: parties; they were <laughs> parties. <laughs> Don't want to <it> be an American. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> the one thing that brought them together were tending
2: rabbits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hop down to your nearest theater
2: and get oh god yeah so although you know it's um again I raising a a daughter you're you're not really I now tend to see movies either 6 months after they come out. Yeah. Or months before they come out, because I am lucky enough to get invited to a screening or something. Right. But but I rarely because of the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I'm just me and my wife just want to be with her all day. Right. And we're not going to go. Uh, hey, let's let's get new, a sitter
1: for you, Lars von
2: Trier. <laughs> let's go see the <laughs> Nymphomaniac Part Two. <laughs> so you know that's uh oh, there's, that's my mm, human. Again. Oh, little human.
1: Little human. E- baby. <laughs> ah,
2: <I'm> mad. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be an okay summer movie season. We didn't even talk about Transformers, and we're not going to.
2: Whoa! Well, you know, there's a, there's a really interesting article on uh, Cracked dot com, uh, and it's about next summer, and it's really and the, and the guy. I mean, again, it's so funny that a, a website called Cracked dot com has better research, more peer review, more um, source confirmation than HuffPo, Slate, Salon. Mm-hmm. Talking points, I mean, like this, this website cracked, but it's really, really amazing. And they, this guy, crunched the numbers for next summer. He goes, next summer is the summer that will destroy Hollywood because it is nothing but gigantic tentpole franchise movies. Not four or five or six. Every weekend is a gigantic, and, and they all are costing upward to two hundred million. So they have to make. This much money, and there are just – they're literally not the physical number of people in this country
1: Whoa. to go
2: see these and make them. So I don't know what will and, – and it's a really – like read the article. I'm not yeah. – I'm giving you the vaguest description, but he breaks it down. That's crazy. Th- so if, the, if this costs all this, these all have to make back this much, and we do not have the people that would generate this money. Whoa. So what will happen – and it's crazy because next summer is – uh, Age of Ultron, Justice League, um, Star Wars—just these gigantic, huge movies. We
1: got to uh, make more people.
2: We literally have to. I mean, uh, what are we going to do? It's it, it's really interesting. Like <laughs> this is going to something goes next the summer of 2015 is going to be one of these weird historical. Oh, everything's different now. The same uh-huh. way that the same way that after the summer of '76, because people f- keep forgetting that. The idea of putting on a movie in the summer—that was the death slot because hmm. summertime people want to go to the swimming and go to the vacation. and, put, and they put Jaws out, and then it, then it became oh, that's summer, when we want to make a movie. movie. So it, ch- it changed the industry overnight. And so, now it's about to happen again, right. although in a bad way. Oh, no. So we're going to have a bunch of John Carter's next summer, and a we lot see. of studios going. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck to do now, right? But in a way, here is my I, again. I'm trying to be optimistic. I think this will be the same way that. What happened in the early 60s with the studio system where it, they finally collapsed mm. under shit, the weight of shit like Cleopatra and Dr. Doolittle and all these yeah. gigantic movies that everyone fucking hated. And then they started going, well, there's some this Jewish kid Spielberg keeps hanging on the lot and he says he'll work for nothing. Yeah. So just let him shoot that. We bought this goddamn shark book, send him off to Martha's Vineyard and shoot the goddamn thing. We'll see. Like, <laughs> let, let, let's let people do what they want, and yeah. then because that's happening on TV right now, thank God. Because and that's be,
1: why TV is awesome it's right so now.
2: Fucking good. It's, it's awesome because man. cable and internet is making the network shit their pants, and they're willing to just hear ideas now yeah. and go with younger people or um, bring in established filmmakers and let them do these big epics
1: and follow fringe interests too yes. instead of just yeah. these like very broad like well everybody will like that well that yeah. doesn't matter yeah, like that's no one not cares. as potent
2: yeah you're not going to get that anymore and, yeah. and 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 the fact that like the fact that a show like Hannibal got renewed mm-hmm. or the fact that um that community lasted you know 5, five years, seasons yes. that's yeah. amazing that's the or a show like fringe lasted as long as it mm-hmm. did another brilliant show that a tiny Group of people watched, right? You know, they're willing to take risks on that. I'm way more excited about now the fall TV season, and in a way, sometimes the, the summer shows are now my new summer movie season. I'm way more excited about what I'm seeing. And, and talking about comic books, with I don't know if you've seen the Flash trailer or the Gotham trailer. Mm-hmm. They both look they look right. really they look yep. like okay, we're going to do giant serialized comic book stuff. And Gotham looks like I mean is. Much as I, you know, philosophically I'm against the showing the origins of things, um, just like I was against that with Hannibal, but Hannibal's goddamn brilliant, is they're doing like almost a Deadwood version of Gotham, like, okay, let's – we're going to try to show how it
0: got built in an interesting way. A couple less cocksuckers in there. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Uh... <laughs> First, I thought you were just being vulgar for no reason. Yeah. And then like I got it. Just... I was like, "Whoa, Cole. No, <laughs> no, were, were cocksuckers? In the Batman? <laughs>
0: I don't remember that
2: villain. The cocksucker. The cocksucker. <laughs> Robin. This looks like uh, the work of the cocksucker. Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe we should stick around. Oh
0: well. <laughs> Gotham needs me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your your daughter is five. Five. So, have you? Sh- I'm assuming you've shown her Ratatouille? You know what? Uh, yeah, she's not that bi- I
2: mean, the, the beginning of Ratatouille is very, very scary. Yeah. It's very scary and dark. And then, But she loves when. Right now, she doesn't really watch a whole. The only movie she's watched all the way through is Frozen. You know, that's because she's pulled in by the sisters mm-hmm. and the, and right, the girls and yeah. all that stuff. But everything else, she just likes her favorite scene. So can we go when all his friends come? Like, she loves when all the rats come to help him cook. Oh. She loves that, you know, or when we watch... um, Well, actually, that's because she also loves... um, She loves uh, Sleeping Beauty. She loves that one. But yeah, otherwise, like like, um, My Neighbor Totoro, she loves when the... I want to see when the cat bus comes the cat or,
1: bus she loves
2: the cat bus <laughs> I love the cat so, bus too but but it's like because I remember that's how I would watch she's five so she'll slowly get into and also like my, my friends who have boys they're way more into yeah, I'll watch a whole superhero movie but my daughter is obsessed with. She wants to climb trees. She wants to draw. She wants to ride a scooter. So <laughs> I'm not going to go. Hey, you sit down and watch this movie. No, if she wants to do that, I'd way rather support that. If she wants to
1: do that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's she's amazing. got her
2: whole life to maybe turn into a mole man like me. And she's going to be out, and she and she loves gymnastics and swimming. So
0: I'd way rather get her into that. Yeah, because none of these movies are going anywhere. Right. Yeah. You know, they're all there. I have a friend who's an editor and he's got a son who's now like eight but like when he was like four or five or whatever like he's just very sensitive things would just scare him like he'd, yeah. get, he'd get really worried for Nemo like that kind of so like he went back and took some of these movies and just edited out the scary parts oh my god, oh, what a good dad so you could show them to him because the kid wanted to see them but then he wouldn't be that traumatized the by the stuff he's like, and then eventually I'll show them the director's cut <laughs> <There you laughs> know, okay, with everything in it but well that's the whole basis of, of William Goldman's book uh, The Princess Bride um,
2: which they didn't put in the movie because it, it wouldn't have worked. But the book by S. Morgenstern actually sucks. It's really boring. Yeah, and there's I like read four it. What a five, disappointment. There, well, <laughs> there are four or five really good parts. So the book is about – I mean the book doesn't – S. Morgenstern, the book doesn't exist. It's a fake book within the book. But the guy who – then he tracks it down. He realized, oh, my dad, when he would read it to me, he just went to all the, the good, good parts. parts and told me this amazing story. And because he, because he loved me. So now he's doing it for his kid. And I'm like, oh, see that? That's so sweet. There you go.
1: Good. That's the love story within the love yes. story. I,
2: I remember one time when I was, I think I was like 23. And again, just really like, you know, that's when I was still in my fucking, you know, life is rough and people got to know. And, you know, and I was also <laughs> this really um, uh, just one of those, one of those. Atheist—that's actually more annoying than fundamentalists. Just <laughs> constantly looking for an argument. Mm-hmm. And so my, the girl I was dating at the time—we were spending Christmas up in Monterey—and she said, "I want to go to this church for a Christmas Eve service just because I like the music and you know I just like hearing that stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, fucking whatever." <laughs> and then um, so I go there, and um, they're telling the story of the of the birth of Jesus uh, to a bunch of kids, and and the three wise men. They go, the three wise men show up, and they give gold gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and Then the woman reading it closes the Bible and says, "Because the kings of the world wanted to pay tribute to the new christ child and i 'm sitting there fuming going that money was so that Joseph and Mary could run because King Herod wanted to cut that fucking kid 's head off, and now." Now that I have a five-year-old, I'm like, yeah, why did I want those kids to hear? To hear, that? hear? Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, they, they, they're going to find out how shitty life is. It doesn't get Just magically get different. Yeah. So later. give them <laughs> a nice story. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, well, not, the whole
1: idea of like trying to keep a kid's childhood magical. Yes. Because it's, the yeah. future
2: is unavoidable. Like, yeah. The real yeah. world is coming. It'll, it'll get shitty. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's, so, I mean, again, <laughs> I wish – there's there's so many moments I want to go back to my past and sit down next to me and go. Let me tell you something, Patton, about what's <laughs> happening right now. That woman actually did a really nice thing, yeah, yeah. and you're being the douchebag right now. <laughs> Why? How, how about if you're such a badass, get the fuck up out of this pew, walk up there, and tell the kids in the room what actually happened, and see how that goes over. <laughs> you <laughs> pussy. Like I would just <laughs> totally
0: do that. So. Well, let's do firsts. We do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. Uh, This one is, uh, what was the first convention of any sort that you can remember going to?
2: Oh, you know, I know exactly what the first convention was. I went down to the San Diego Comic-Con in 1996. That was the first time I ever actually went to a convention. Because up until then, you know, conventions were always on weekends and I was just constantly working as a stand-up comedian. I just yeah. wanted to be on the road right. doing stand-up and um and I went down there and this was before it became what it became. It so it was bang just bang this bang. really it, I had my first impression was, "Oh, these are enthusiasts getting together." And there were some weirdos, you know, but I could just sort of, "Oh my god, there's that artist that I know." Mm. And or there, you know, that was the convention where um I was uh I was walking around. It was me and Brian Blasian were walking around, and Matt Graining ran up to us and said, "Guys, come here, come here," and took us over to this table. And this artist, Ivan Brunetti, who does Schizo, and he's, he's one of the funniest, darkest motherfuckers around. He, he does like um, New Yorker covers now. Like hmm. Every every fifth New Yorker covers an Ivan Brunetti. Back then, he was selling his stapled together little huh. comics, and they were just the most vile. Couldn't believe how dark the was, <laughs> and we start reading it, and we're just laughing so hard as we and we got to know him. And then years later, uh, he did the artwork for my uh, the cover of my third album, My Weakness Is Strong. So like kind of got to. So that was that. But that was back then. You could just sort of get to know people when they were young and before they you know just like, oh there they are let's talk and you right. know now it's it, 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 it's Ooh. a not only is it a zoo but even someone who is alone at a little card table with their stuff, everyone has this, you know, um, oh, I want to be the guy that invests in Microsoft when it was oh. still in a garage. So even those people are getting mobbed and bothered and, you know, if they well,
1: social media has created something too, yeah, where yeah. even at, for, where everybody has their own little following that's yeah, like, yeah. you know, they yeah. feel their own brand of famous. So it's a little less personal. Yeah.
2: It's, it's almost like there's a, um, there's, there's, a, there's a, a couple of comedians right now that I'm really, really supportive of, and I'm quietly like emailing with them and telling them, being like, oh, you make sure this is – your stuff's great. But what I'm also trying to do is keep them – I, I don't want to keep them down. I just want them to have a few years of not being scrutinized. Just go yeah. up and do sets and figure out what you're doing. Now, the minute someone is even vaguely funny, they're either Twitter or YouTube or – Something grabs, snaps them up, and they—it's like and it exploits
1: I, them before they fully get. To yeah,
2: I moment. am so happy that I had six years in the wilderness of just nothing, just doing. Because yeah. I really learned who the fuck I was. Yeah, right. you know. So when I was ready to come out, I had some footing. And you when know? you
1: fail, it's a moment. Instead exactly of, Oh there's yeah There's executives angry at you Right you know? Or
2: or there's people tweeting about it Like yeah. holy shit That guy's You know I. Oh my god I had If Twitter had been around During some of my early shows <laughs> like, I, I would be working I'd be a barista at Starbucks right now I'd be I would justifiably be a barista Because people would have been there To go this guy is terrible <laughs> So
0: there you go well, I remember seeing you in like Blanket Patch And Much Guys on the Cobbs Three hour showcase On weeknights Oh so wow go. My friend Ben Mayer Used to work yeah, guys. who now works at the Helium in Philadelphia? In Philly, yeah. yeah, and he, uh, and I remember he actually went up to you. This is actually before he even started working there, and you guys were doing the promos for MST3K on Comedy Central. That's right. And he just quoted like, you know, Friday night's the best night to watch your favorite episodes mm. of MST to you, and you were like, oh my god, like you kind of lost your mind because <laughs> like, no one had done that to you yet. Yeah, yeah. But, like, those there were some amazing comics on those things that you know now you look back and you're like Jesus Christ, this is like a five dollar three hour showcase. Mm. They went on and on and on, and, and like, everyone that was on it was like Margaret Cho, Blaine, uh, Brian Possein,
2: Greg Proops, yeah, Matt Weinhold for five bucks. Yeah, I remembered uh, the the old Highland Grounds, which is now um, Mud Hen, formerly Street. Right, the woman that runs Frontier I just Grill was there
1: last night. Yeah,
2: oh, so, so good. good. Well, back in the day, in the in the mid nineties, that was Highland Grounds, and I remember one. They had a Saturday afternoon stand-up show and it was a coffee shop and the show was me sarah silverman and tenacious d and there were people sitting there just at their laptops just oh, oh my god shut the fuck up <laughs> trying to write <laughs> while tenacious d are doing their song. Oh you're doing oh my <laughs> god like, wow crazy. and for nothing for free we just walked up and you, you just did it no mic, you know someone was sitting four feet away from jack black while he's doing you know Side hatch.
1: Oh and my gosh! And like, they're just oh, rolling their eyes, I'm trying
0: to be the next Tarantino here. <laughs> <year. laughs> so, Yeah. What was uh? What was your convention by the
1: way? My first one was Comic Con three years ago or oh, something. We so that, yeah. you
0: never. So you never got the like. You
2: you got the crazy I got gigantic the ultimate, yeah, 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 before ultimate, the comic yeah. books were pushed way down. To yeah. Which the is it's really were you, were you too there much for, for, for a me. specific reason or just wanted to experience we it? We
1: went for the podcast basically. to just we went for 3 days, I think, and we just wanted to see as much as we could see kind of. And mm-hmm. I'd never been and I had a sort of like Curiosity about it, but not a real excitement about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was too much for me. Like, I did enjoy a lot of it, but anxiety, whoa. Like, well, it's, so it's much. a crazy
0: sea see humanity. I went like the year prior by myself for one day, about a one day pass. And I was like, mm-hmm. I have no agenda. I'm just yeah. going to kind of wander around and try to take it in. And the only panel I went to was the Rift Tracks one because mm-hmm. they put me on the list. So I had to wait in the line. Yeah. And like, otherwise, like, I just kind of wandered around the sales floor and just kind of took it all in. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, it's insane, but I'm glad that I. I'm not here for three days right now. This is my first, like I going to acclimate right. myself this way. And then next year I'll try to do the full thing. And well, but when heard. you guys were there for three days, yeah. did you then do stuff at night? Did you go to any like yeah. parties or like what? Yeah,
1: some- we did. We went to like parties both nights. Yeah. Like, we I think we went nights. to
0: Felicia days, geek and sundry yeah. thing. And, and um,
1: something else. I mean, that was the more fun part Was the socializing with people that you kind of knew
0: Yeah, yeah Um, yeah.
1: But I wasn't expecting Even though everybody had told me how big it was I was still thinking it was more about like This geeky stuff and geek culture And I couldn't believe how it was like Oh, there's huge posters for like sitcoms everywhere. It was very different It's
2: all different about watching the TV shows. they they've basically turned the it into it is a it's they've turned it into Show West. Yeah. yeah. They turned it into the international market at Cannes. It's an expo, yeah. I mm. It can. I would say con can. But it's it's just an expo for everything. Yeah. It really and is. people are down there that have no business being there in um, Twilight
1: there, Was that the year that Twilight was crazy Yeah and that there, actually and it worked out like, for
0: us Because after the Twilight panel Hall H emptied out. out So then we got to go on for the rest of the day whereas, Oh nice We've tons of stuff like, that's one of the nice Same thing, was like the same year as Firefly when the Firefly thing ended. It was like, gone. Goodbye. Because, yeah. like, Cora was before that, and Janet Murray's one of my best friends. And so I was like, sorry, I, there's no possible way I can get in that room right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah. All the brown coats are waiting for the one right after yeah. you. Um, but yeah, that was really, I, I, it was definitely a little surreal. I think we, that's when we palled around with Tony Hale kind of yeah. the whole weekend. Because yeah, right? he was really also fun. like, I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, yeah what do we, well, I was I was hosting a thing in Hall H one
2: year. It might have been the year you guys were there. Um, and I, I I said yes because, again, they give you a room and they yeah. give you a badge. Okay, fine. Good. Um, it was so huge. I had no idea how crazy it was. And it was for – I was talking to Robert Zemeckis about uh, Christmas Carol and then Tim Burton about Alice in Wonderland where there was a surprise walk-on by Johnny Depp and everyone lost Whoa. their shit. Right. And then, then the Tron panel had to follow Johnny Depp walking out, which was painful. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but – we were all hanging around backstage in the the green room area of Hall H. Now I saw the. Be- I'll, I'll tell you what I saw there, and I don't know if the follow up story happened. I've heard that it happened. It, this could be totally apocryphal, but um, we're all sitting around. Johnny Depp is sitting there, and everyone's talking, and, and he's talking to one of his handlers, saying, "I'd like to go down to that floor and you know walk around and see some of this." And this handler's like, "You can't go down. You can't go down there. You can't. You'll be mobbed. You just you can't do this." Goes, oh i'd really like to go down there there's got to be a way now what i heard and i can't confirm this so I, i'm just telling you this could be he sent a one of his assistants to one of those halloween costume warehouses and got a shitty like jack sparrow costume out of a out of the wrap and put it on and then walk the floor where there's oh really amazing gosh. Jack Sparrow costumes, right? And people just no one looked at him. Twice. I'm
1: sure. Oh, I want yeah, that a lot to of be people real do that. And, and, so and well. people
2: like looked over at him. And apparently, some people were looking at him, just going, oh, "This fucking asshole." Right? Oh <laughs> he looks my a, gosh, he looks a little bit like Johnny Depp. So now
1: he's <laughs> now he I thinks that now he thinks he's Jack. Look Sparrow. at his rayon costume. And he fucking,
2: <laughs> that came out of a fucking bag,
0: <laughs> you know. And there's guys who like <laughs> you know, made sewed it and made this, Oh, Yeah,
1: spent a year at sea to get the proper look.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people I know that do. Like Adam Savage walks around, but he wears is like a dinosaur head so you don't know it's him and nice. then, um,
1: but it's especially oh, cranston, wonderful when it's your own brian cranston character. wore a
0: walter white mask and went and yeah. walked around the floor brilliant i yeah. know that um paul rubens walks
2: around with a luchador mask on huh. oh yeah because <gasps> there's a lot of those guys oh my <gasps> yeah, gosh that makes so, sense yeah
0: i think my first convention was i don't know what it was but it was in sacramento and it was um because i kind of my childhood was in davis And uh, I had buddies We would go And like Friday night We would have a sleepover And watch MST3K And then Saturday morning We went to like a comic book convention It was like one half comic Like book, a ball of Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> And it was mostly Because we collected Comics at the time And we'd go And like I'd Get my X-Men back issues Or whatever and sure, yeah. That whole thing And then we would just we would Kind of look over Across the hall And see all the Trekkies And yeah. be like oh, Okay I guess that's Happening over there <laughs> oh, But Yeah it's weird I don't even go to like. Do people even go to Comic book
2: conventions To buy comics anymore I mean they're, I are not the, so. the, the point of sale At the specialty shops Is so Perfect and free comic book day is way more exciting than anything you're going to get at these tables. Yeah, you know I don't think anyone's the only people there that are. That's why they have dealer badges now. So right. they can go in a day beforehand and get their stock.
1: Yeah, because why would you do that? I mean, it would be yeah. horrible.
0: Yeah, and then you got to tote around a backpack full of comics. Mm. There was something fun about like finding a fine. Like you're just digging through yeah. the crates, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "There's oh, yeah. the X Men. The first appearance of Cable! Yay!" by that shit but now the way that they're they're re- they're putting
2: everything out now those those what are those like the artist editions of comics where you get like the actual blue pages comes in a box and it's oh wow they've recreated the actual artwork right so you have the issue but the way it was drawn oh my gosh that's cool it's crazy I was I, I remember I I spent a New Year's Eve I'm going to drop another name. I'm so sorry. I'm not even friends with him. I was friends with one of his friends. They went where he's. Kirk Hammett from Metallica had a, had a New Year's Eve party at his house on, on Knob Hill in San Francisco. And he collects movie posters and comic books. And when I say he collects comic books, he collects the pages, the actual original pages. So he owns X Men number one, the actual original. Jesus. jack kirby pages each page he has Whoa. in these pull out drawers and he showed us the first page of x-men number one and what i loved was that professor actor, somebody is saying this process or something is irreversible and then in the margin outside of where they would have done the you know photographing the pages is the word irreversible written like for like, making sure that he's spelling it right <laughs>
1: before
2: he then like oh, he's creating awesome. the X-Men. But he's like, am I? Oh, what, is it two, two
1: R's? R's <laughs> that, so that, that
2: little human detail was like, oh, and, oh and there's I, a person I, behind this. Yeah, yeah, and I almost was thinking if they're if they're putting out these master editions now, I hope that they include the little irreversible because that's a part of yeah, that's pretty you great was wondering about and that
1: and how close does great. it make you feel to it yeah, I'm like, like, I, I I seeing I would, how their brain works yeah, right now I would do it's the funny. same shit yeah.
2: <laughs> the incredible hang on incredible. I-N-C-R <laughs> incredible okay. incredible Hulk
0: there we go <laughs> just, just the Hulk yeah. um, <laughs> just the Hulk <laughs> <laughs> well, this ties actually ties into the build a movie it does uh, we're going to do a build a movie which together the three of us together okay. we're going to build a movie but what this is is we're going to build an X-Men offshoot for a school for mutants with shitty powers. They didn't make Charles Xavier's cut. Uh-huh. So it's it's a movie version of, of Mutants with Shitty Powers. We can name them, we can see who's is, gonna this play them. This is the Xavier Charter School. There you go. Yes. Okay. There you go. It's the neighborhood charter school. <laughs> yep. So okay. uh so okay, let's see, I'll I'll do the first one. We'll okay. just kinda go around. Okay. okay, uh there's a guy who goes by um uh Chillax mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh he has the ability to just kinda mellow everybody out. <laughs> so he creates a chemical that just makes just kinda mellows people. Who plays him? Um, it's played by uh, Joshua Jackson. Oh, whoa! Great yeah. choice. Joshua Jackson okay. is uh, Um You go ahead, Doctor
1: Damp, who dampens <laughs> things nearby. Just, just
2: dampens. Yes,
1: yeah, just dampens.
2: No, he can't actually get any kind <laughs> of. Can't
1: get any soggy. Slightly damped. damp. <laughs> yes. Oh
2: man, this is suede.
1: <laughs> Doctor Damp, and that's Mickey Rourke.
2: Oh, I like <laughs> that. Okay. Um, the ruiner and uh he is he can he can interject the perfect phrase in any conversation that just stops at cold (laughs) so it's all we're like maybe everyone's riffing and he just you know it's like my mom's sick with cancer (laughs) and that uh that is played uh by tom arnold Nice. Oh. And I'm and I. By the way, I say that I I love Tom
0: Arnold and uh, he would be perfect as that. He would. He could, would. He'd be perfect. He'd yeah. The Ruiner. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the Rancher. hmm. He can communicate with cattle, <laughs> and he's played by Brian Dennehy. Oh. And at some point, he walks away from a burning building looking all fucking amazing. Oh. oh hell he has yes. To, has to That's nice. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, frizz. Played by <laughs> Fran Drescher. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> frizz. And she... Uh, is her hair frizzy or she can frizz other people's hair?
1: Both. I mean, Whoa. she can't protect herself oh, from her power. Oh, she can own know? her own
2: power. That's why she the school to learn to control it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. She's there to learn she's to control it. She's not had a good hair day in yeah, years yeah, yeah. since she went to that... Mm-hmm. Like, she got bitten by that frizzy fly.
2: Um, hang on. Semibro. So <laughs> and he is a guy with the um he has uh, uh he has esp but he can only use it on himself he can tell you exactly what he's what thinking what he's thinking yeah <laughs> it's 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 inward directed esp all right so he can just tell you his thoughts <laughs> nice.
1: yeah and he
2: will be played hang on he will be played by um
0: wait a minute uh, uh chris klein
1: ooh mm-hmm. i nice. like that
0: yeah. nice uh, I'm gonna go with the uh the timekeeper. <laughs> and he can he can tell what time it is without a watch or anything. He just knows what time it is. Wow. Um and it's played by Eddie Deason.
2: Oh, oh. Eddie Deason who frequents my um uh, the Starbucks in my neighborhood. And I've never um said I've ever gone like hey laser
0: blast, dude. If you so do,
1: he will respond. I'm he sure he will. Decidedly. Wow, thanks. Yeah. He hangs out at
0: malls. We had him on the podcast about, you know, two years ago. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's an Excited name. man. Oh,
2: I love yep. Eddie Deason. There, um, the old uh, uh, Mondo Video Go-Go on Vermont, you know, they have sections mm-hmm. for movies. or They had an Eddie Deason section. Oh, <gasps> really? Just of Eddie Deason movies. Oh,
1: my gosh. That's love delightful. It. Love yep, it. He had
2: his
0: own section. Well, he's the timekeeper. It's <laughs> 3.52. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, that's perfect. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh. Lena
1: Dunham as Sabra. Is that the, the hummus brand? <laughs>
0: Sabra!
2: That's right!
1: <laughs> so she can show up and you'll always have hummus when she's around.
2: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's a nice. Um, okay, hang on.
1: Oh, we need a villain.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to need some villains.
2: Okay, well, then you know, let me think of a villain then. Wait a minute. Um, this is hotter than it seems. Oh, no, I know exactly. Um, uh, okay, Ophendra. Oh, and Offendra can find uh, offense and outrage in absolutely anything, (laughs) in any spoken phrase, in any joke, anything, and uh, yeah, any TV show, any piece of artwork, any type of clothing, uh, and um, and she, Offendra is played. Hang on, Uh, Offendra will be played by Allison Janney.
1: Oh, I love Allison Janney, and
2: she will be amazing at that.
1: Yeah, Ofendra. I can just see her flying off the handle
2: over and over oh, again. Oh, so uh, <laughs> and she and uh, and her catchphrase is uh, "Check your
0: privilege."
1: Oh, that's so good.
0: Check your privilege. <laughs> Ophendra's here. <laughs> and her her henchman is uh, the reinventor, <laughs> and uh, she constantly just reinvents herself and what she does. Oh, oh nice. She's played by Gina Davis. Hell oh. yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah And will we Will we get
2: her to agree To use her bow and arrow skills Of course Okay good She yeah. insisted upon it she, still, that's, I that's, that's can't in believe her contract. that's real life She's an Olympic level Isn't archer It's that? crazy. She Same? is She has Hawkeye powers She does She's an Olympic She competed in the fucking Olympics
1: It's so funny it's to crazy. me yeah. That is a real thing That's badass In a person's yeah, that's life Like Bad I did this ass. And then that's I did the amazing. Olympics Yeah mm.
0: Well, I think we built a pretty kick-ass movie, yeah, I guys. Like that. Cast it; yeah. make it can happen. Yep. This
1: is the sleeper of August. There
2: we go. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. The X Men colon charter school. Yeah.
1: And it's actually the word colon. Colon. Yeah. <laughs> the colon charter the word school. The colon. <laughs> colon charter school. Now <laughs> it's time for my questions. Oh, okay. go ahead. Have you ever met an Olsen twin?
2: Wait a minute. Did I? I might have. No. No. You're saying a twin.
1: Yeah, no, not not a twin,
2: Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah, very briefly. Yeah, she's She's very nice, lovely. Yeah, such a good actor. Yeah.
1: Okay, if you could be a superhero, anyone Mm -hmm. for a year, and take any other superhero as a wife, oh, what would the wedding be like, and who do you pick?
2: Well, I would want to be—he's not my favorite superhero, but I'd want to be Scott Free because then I'd get to be married to Big Barda. Uh, this gorgeous Amazon uh, <laughs> and the wedding would be the wedding would be on the um, planet apocalypse, and to drive dark side crazy, I would totally. Just do the place up like really sunny and nice and, and make it really green, make, make it super green and just drive him crazy.
1: That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you've angered a wizard and he's giving you a choice between two punishments. Okay. Either you become patent Oswald, the patent leather baron, and you always wear patent leather, or you're potent Oswalt, and you always walk around with a little boner that you're not allowed to
2: control. Am I fully erect, or is it like fully, a soft, fully erect? Yeah,
1: tent situations. Jeez. It's not a half situation. Easy, easy pick. It's not.
2: But it's not. Yeah. Um, but the boner—it's—it it's, won't like my dick won't eventually fall off. I'll just have a boner. No, all no, the time.
1: no. You get it forever.
2: Patent leather looks so shitty. And it doesn't breathe It really doesn't And especially with the way that oh, I'm okay, going to have Permanent boner Potent yeah. what? Potent, Potent awesome. yeah, Permanent boner I'll, I'll find a way around it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it work
1: I'll make it work yeah. To my advantage I
2: always know Where my keys are Keys <laughs> <She uses> is <laughs> so yeah. You can open doors with it Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I gotta, I'll gotta. have an amazing Dog walking service
0: There you
1: go <laughs> Okay You are asked to create A stand up special Of your best material uh-huh. For your dream Like I don't know If it's a new HBO special It's something right, like right, that right. You're like ooh Yay and you spend a year working on it and perfecting it. And the night before the show, they give you a call and say that you're not allowed to perform it. You have to cast it. Someone's doing it. Someone else has
2: to do it.
1: Yeah. And you got have oh, different damn. tactics in this, but. Pat and I'll do it. Eddie.
0: <laughs>
2: Eddie. You know what I would do? Hang on. I would ask Lupita Nyong'o to do it
0: I would have her go
2: out and never reference (laughs) That that she's Lupita Nyong'o or a black female But just do my material Oh my gosh Yeah that would be that.
1: a sensation,
2: yeah. and pay her like you know um, as much money as I could give her. I don't have a million dollars, but I would go. Please, I'm asking for an hour of your. Well, I'm asking for a week of rehearsals. You learn the shit. Right? <laughs> you just go do it because she's an amazing actress. Have, either her or uh, an amazing black female actress. Uh, I have think that is mine. so but, like, exciting. CCH Pounder. <laughs> uh, or uh, Lupita Nyongo, or something like just And don't oof. change a word of it. Do not change a word.
1: I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's a Talk exciting. about
2: being fat.
1: <laughs> All that stuff. As she slinks around in a gown yeah, just, on stage. Gosh,
0: <laughs> actually be amazing. People would be totally in yeah. 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 I don't think anybody's ever done that. No, now yeah, I want to see it, amazing. too. I yeah. see what Lupita like. Nyongo as Patton Oswald. <laughs> <In> Patton Oswald. <laughs> I'm a
2: fat white nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, this is my last question, okay. and we've talked accidentally more about superheroes than I intended
2: to. Have been, uh-huh. So it's less. I, lo- I love the accidentally. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's weird. Patton showed up, and we just for some reason <laughs> we ch- we went down the superhero what? road. What?
1: So if you were the casting director for a new Spider-Man movie, and it can be the Spider-Man of your dreams, the sunny world of
2: right, Wonderful, right, do it Who right. would you
1: who would you cast
2: as Spider-Man,
1: mm-hmm. and as any of the people that you feel should be represented in that film?
2: God, that's a good question. I, I mean, again, I think Andrew Garfield's doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, here, okay. Can I let me tell you something? Mm-hmm. I would do a Spider-Man set in 1963. I would do it set in 1963, not now. And I would cast. God, this is a good question. Let me start with some of the villains first. Okay. Wait, can I? Cat? Does that have to be people who exist now, or can I? Is this like? In, in a world where I can
0: cast anyone from history or anything Let's actor. go
1: to the netherworld. Okay. Because I was I can, thinking now, actor, but it makes yeah, it yeah, more yeah. fun to really open so you it up. you could finally
0: have Ernest Borgnine as Doc Ock. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can cast anybody. Well, no, any you know day. who I would have? I would have. I would cast James Dean as
2: Peter Parker. I would set it in
0: 1963. Ooh. That'd be pretty badass. I would
2: have. um, um Redheaded Mary Jane. I would have. Uh. Let me go back to her for a second. Yeah. I would have Alan Arkin, the way he looked in Wait Until Dark, as Doc Ock. <gasps> that would be amazing. I would have um, uh, Timothy Carey as the Rhino. I would have... I'd have Borgnine as J. Jonah Jameson. You can see that. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Um, God dang it. Oh, I'd have... Um, What's her name from *Breathless*? Uh, Jean Seberg as uh, Jean Seberg, oh, yeah. Jean Seberg yeah. as uh, uh, Mary Jane. Okay. I'd Ooh. Yeah, and then you'd have James Dean. Uh, this is a classy Jean movie. Seberg. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We do this a lot. Me and my uh, movie buff friends, we played *Netherworld* casting, where if you were to put together a movie and you could cast anyone from any time, then who would you start like? putting in there? So then, um, and then I would have a really young. Jeff Bridges as Harry Osborne Turning <gasps> into the Hobgoblin And then as Norman Osborne, I'd have Richard Widmark Who was in Kiss of Death Pushed the old lady down the stairs yeah. <sighs> And then um, I would have a uh, Oh, my head's racing God Oh, I'd have a really young, fit Orson Welles as Mysterio <laughs> he's having You know, that kind of thing And then uh, I wouldn't have Venom Oh, and then I'd have a, a really fit uh, either Robert Shaw or Sean Connery as Craven the Hunter. Like
0: both of those. Dudes I want to see someone prime. do
1: art of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. With that that cast would be like, That's amazing. so exciting.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be really. We're gonna cool. have one miscast. love like Walter Matthau as Venom.
2: Walter, <laughs> or, or Walter Matthau
0: as the Vulture. I'm coming for you, Spidey. I'm coming, Spidey. <laughs> you guys,
2: oh, let me finish this, Knish. <laughs> that's why. Well, well, that's that's for another podcast. There's a whole other. Bad. I could go down there But yeah Yeah there's this thing called When, when Sherman Torgan The guy that runs The New Beverly died I, di- I wrote a blog post Called I will program a month For you in heaven Sherman Torgan And it was oh. all Of the It's a movie palace And it's a month of movies Of the movies That great filmmakers And actors didn't get to make
1: Oh my gosh So it's
2: all these Like movies That could have been oh, wow. So it's so, heaven know, casting Yeah it's, it's, it's Sergio Leone's uh, Leningrad That he always wanted to do Kubrick's Napoleon mm. Um, Jerry Lewis' Catcher in the Rye. He always wanted to play um, Holden Caulfield in Catcher really? In the Really? Yeah, that was his dream project. Whoa. And he just got too old. Um, so there's all these just, you know. And then I, I did uh, one called uh, Batman Riddle of the Ghoul. And it was um, Orson Welles' 1942 Batman film huh. that he made. And I just cast everyone.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so that, fun. Know,
2: just so. And so that, that kind of idea of like, okay, you can pull in anyone from anywhere. What does it look
1: like? What is that dream project?
2: Imagine doing a Captain Marvel movie starring like Elvis Presley in his prime.
1: Oh my God.
2: Because he modeled all of his Vegas suits were modeled after Captain Marvel's outfit. I
1: didn't know that.
2: He's a huge Captain Marvel fan. He was obsessed with the comics, so he goes, I want my suits to look like Captain Marvel's costume. And I like, swear to God, okay, you know, Elvis. Yes, sir. I, sure thing. Maybe yeah. we should keep
1: this on the down low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he wanted
2: to look like Captain Marvel.
1: Oh my gosh, that's awesome!
2: That's amazing. He wanted to be a superhero. Yeah. So again, Elvis in his prime, though not big bloated yeah. up right. as a Captain Marvel.
1: Ooh. Elvis when was he was so beautiful, when he was given good
2: material like "Love Me Tender" and "Kid yeah. Creole," the dude could act. Yeah,
0: but but unfortunately, uh, the colonel kept him in shitty stuff like "Clambake." Yeah, <laughs> I used to watch "Clambake" all the time because my high school drama teacher had like a bit part in like one of the party things. Ah. No shit, So I put that on. I was like, "Oh, there's Gwen." Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think she kissed all this. Whoa, you think? Hell he should yeah. have been nice. Hello, yeah. that mouth. Well, I mean, you watch kid watch Kid
2: Creole because uh, Walter Matthau's in that and is a total villain. It's just a badass. Mm. And, and that's one of the few really good Elvis movies. It's widescreen, black and white, set on location in
0: New Orleans. It's amazing. Did you ever see Mirage? That's not Presley, but it's Mathow. It's, it's, it's Gregory Peck, ever-Dometic directed. It's a guy who's amnesia, and he's trying to like figure out. And all these people are trying to kill him, and he's trying to figure out why. Um, it's an amazing cast. It's also got Kevin McCarthy's in it. Um, wow. And it's great. It's fantastic. Damn. Yeah. Uh, how have I never heard of that? I, it was kind of like I remember watching it on a TV when I was a kid. My dad really liked it. And then um, it finally came out on DVD when they put out like this this Gregory Peck box set that had like 10 things in it. And that mm. was one of the things included in that. So I was like, oh, I'm buying this oh, I shit. We'll go try to find that. Yeah, nice. it's amazing. This guy. Wow. It does. It. <laughs> you did it, Pat. And you made it all the way through. Oh. Thank you so um, much. I hope I didn't like. Go off No that's, why I it's I that's what It's supposed to be That's what this okay. Whole thing is yeah. about
1: so. <laughs> Yeah we didn't Quite Pick
2: all our boxes off That our listeners we Were really hoping We didn't hoping get to not. All the math problems. Excuse
0: me We had eight more Questions here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, People should follow You on Twitter
1: Most of them Probably already do That's
0: right <laughs> At Pat Noswald um, I'm at Cole Stratton I'm at Vanessa Ragland The podcast is At PMC Podcast Thanks for being here And helping us Celebrate 150 Pat Woo! This, is, 150? this yeah. is 150 Wow Thank you 15, guys 15,
1: nice Thank Damn. you I very excited yeah.
0: Cool Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.